It may have slipped your notice, Captain Yates, but I am not Superman. Uh, welcome to the Trap One podcast, no longer an obscure and little-known blog. Uh, we're aiming our sights higher with an obscure and little-known podcast. Um, but don't worry, as you nervously eye the running time of this podcast, um, they won't just be me talking. I have uh, recruited uh, an accomplished and experienced podcaster and blogger, a gentleman and a scholar, uh, a man who, when he gets to down, it only makes him happier, my co- crossword-compiling co-host, Mr. John Featonby. Is this where I say hello? Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. What a lovely introduction. I, I felt like I was being being ushered onto the set of Mr. and Mrs. by Derek Beatty or something. That, <laughs> that was quite the loveliest description uh, that has been made of me today. Thank you, Mark. Hello, nice lady and gentleman at home. I apologise for the poor crossword pun. And there, there are no good crossword puns. I, I was, <laughs> I was sitting doing a crossword, just minding my own business, solving a crossword that somebody else had written in a pub once. And the guy that was going around collected the gla- collecting the glasses came up and looked over my shoulder, and he said, uh, Seven Up Lemonade." And I was like, ah, <laughs> "You do know they don't have up clues in crosswords." <laughs> but he made his funny little crossword joke, so that was that. So at least mine had uh, mine was two down. So at least it is an actual uh, it would, uh, clue. That yeah, it, it it fits logically. Yeah, yeah. And and I I, I, just, I would like weak, I'd like it? to reassure you that I was laughing very loud. I just <laughs> muted my microphone at that point. Excellent. Uh, so we're um, going to watch the return of Doctor Mysterio today. We are. Yes, are you talking to me now? Or the, of, all, uh, all the millions of people at home. This is very weird. I'm I'm not everybody. Sure. Peoples of the universe, please attend carefully. <laughs> Don't you be disrespecting Legopolis. <laughs> Don't you be in my headphones making fun of Anthony Ainley. Uh, so we've had a year without Doctor Who. Yes. BBC were very concerned that um, if Doctor Who was there to distract us, we wouldn't fully enjoy 2016. <laughs> With this landmark event. I'm, I'm looking back at the... Um, what would you call the, the cataclysm of landmark events that we actually yeah. had? And Na- national on, moments, national moments. National yeah. moments, is that what they were? Some, <laughs> some of them, you'd have to say, were international moments, and they went on for slightly longer than a moment as well. This is true, but, but all completely undisturbed by, the, uh, by the, the refuge that would have been uh, uh, an escapist episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been distracting, wouldn't it? 13... 50 minute episodes of a science fiction series I would, I would just have it would have been terrible if, if we were watching England crash out of the World Cup and we were yeah. thinking uh, Doctor Who's on Saturday it, it would just yeah it would have been terrible, terrible. Oh, yeah I, I thank you for your reference to England being in the World Cup of course my country wasn't in the World Cup no that is true um, but uh, Wales did quite well as well that's nice 
Where's Scotland in the World Cup? See, I've said, I've, what I've done now, Mark, is foolishly embark on a sporting digression. And what I, I, I took one step down that path and thought, where's Scotland in the World Cup, though? Because they might have been. I don't know. Well, Maybe they got knocked I, out by Lilliput or something. So, you know, just I, I'm, I didn't really pay much attention. Well, I don't know anything about sport as well. And I've just, I'm now into, I don't think it was the World Cup, was it? I think it was the European. Was it? We've just, we've just lost all... See that <laughs> the Venn diagram intersection of Doctor Who fans and sports fans? They've all just gone. They've left us. But that's only two fellas, so we're all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll move on from there, I think. The uh, return Doctor Mysterio. Doctor Mysterio apparently is the name of Doctor Who, the series in South America. Yeah, build that wall. Who are going to make so, pay yeah. for it? <laughs> Doctor Mysterio. Doctor Mysterio will pay for it. I have got the iPlayer teed up and ready to go. Oh, is that yes? So have I. I guess the S is for subtitles. <laughs> Just cool. The the nice lady and gentleman at home, by the time this podcast is all edited together and available, will be unaware that we have just spent I what about <laughs> eighteen hours fannying around with technology as I as I try to bring my inimitable etcher sketch and pages from CFAX abilities to bear on like modern stuff. I look at this, I'm talking to you on Skype while watching iPlayer. My mum wouldn't have understood most of the words in that sentence. No. It's uh, it's quite an age that we live in. Yeah. Miracle. And the podcast is beamed directly to your phone <laughs> through the air. It's magic. Astonishing. Uh, I'm watching on a Kindle Fire, which uh, when I think when I was a kid, I'm watching Star Trek The Next Generation, and they had their uh, basically iPads. Yeah. Seemed like unthinkable technology. Yeah. And now look, you can watch, you can watch Doctor Who on your phone these days. I know, days. and they couldn't do that on the Enterprise. No, it's, we, we win. Once again, yeah. <laughs> once, once again, we beat Star Trek. I bought. Um, I, I was gifted. Sorry, I've gone off at tangent. This is this is a this is something of a signature move. Sorry, I will try. Uh, look, I've got a full stop in sight. I will gallop towards it, and then we'll be fine. I was gifted some uh, HMV vouchers. Given that's that's the way that's the verb, isn't it? I was given some HMV vouchers for Christmas, and part of what I've spent them on was a Blu-ray set. Right, Blu-ray high definition set of the Star Trek animated TV series, which was basically <laughs> drawn like with about three felt tips straight onto acetate, <laughs> as far as I can see. If I've ever had anything that didn't need the full HD experience, it's that. But there it is. Yeah, I do. I, I think about that when I watch The Simpsons on HD. I think, <laughs> is, there, is there any difference? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm watching it on a 2011 iMac, um, and I've got like a little window open here with the iPlayer on it, and then I've got a second window open with Wikipedia on it because you know, <laughs> I thought, you know, this is lovely not being in charge of this podcast, and thank you very much for inviting me on it. Um, but it's great. I felt like the burden of responsibility for knowing things or having opinions isn't really on me. You know, it's my job just to sit here and go, yes, boss, see, see Patroni and things. But I thought, well, I'll, I'll kind of look up some things in case there's interesting things to know about with the return of Dr. Mysterio. And there are, there's some, there's some interesting things. But one of the things, and this is on Wikipedia, it's talking about Ed Basiljet, 
Do we say Basil yeah. Jet? Basil. I think so. The director, ba- ba- Basil Geaty. Um, I thought, oh, hey, Basil Geaty. I know him. I know that name from all sorts of contexts. And then the first thing you click on, it says Ed Basilgate. It said Basilgate was lead guitarist in the 1980s rock group The Vapors, whose hit Turning Japanese remains a popular one-hit wonder. Were you aware of that? Is that a real was, thing or is that a post-truth thing? I was completely unaware of that, but it's, it's Do you know it's the, feasible. Do you know the song, The Racist Anthem to Masturbation? I, do. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, it's on, um, I think it's on the Charlie's Angels soundtrack from the first movie. <laughs> and the venn diagram intersection of doctor who fans and serious musos has just left us that's a bigger constituency mark i don't think we can afford to be alienating these people with our charlie's angels soundtrack banter i don't know anything about music either um i'm very much very much a one a one circle diagram person i i only know doctor who see i only know i only know John Pertwee. See, and really, I stopped watching him when Katie Manning left. So, yeah. <laughs> um, no, that is very interesting. I know um, he directed the first two episodes of Class. Oh, um, yes, I've heard of that. It's very good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was. Uh, I what, think it was unfairly maligned. It was bad. Sorry. Well, it got better. <laughs> did, did um, it? There was one episode that I thought was actually good. Was the the one without the kids in it. <laughs> yes, I, I've been thinking about this. I, I, and I suspect you, I, I am more of an, a kind of old school Doctor Who fan in that I sort of regard everything that happened after the end of Survival as, as great and brilliant and lovely and you know in keeping with Doctor Who, but sort of not really actually Doctor Who. As a, as a, it's a little bit of cognitive dissonance I've got going on with the, um, the, 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 the sort of pre Paul McGann stuff and the post Paul McGann stuff, and I was I was thinking about um, where does Paul McGann fall then? Well, he's he's a convenient no man's land, isn't he? <laughs> he's he's the bit where it moves from it's Sylvester McCoy at the start, and then it's all snogging the assistant at the end. So you know, it's like it's like a, a, a smooth transitional period from the stuff I liked to the stuff yeah. I'm a little <laughs> bit more diffident about. But I, I was thinking about this because you know when I like as a kid, right in the seventies, basically growing up. Watching Doctor Who, <coughs> excuse me. It, it, I, I was left in sort of no uncertainty that people regarded Doctor Who as a children's program, right? Even though it's, I think it was produced by the drama department or something at the BBC, but it felt like it was a kids' program. Um, and you know, right? That's that's fair enough. But you kind of look back on it and go, well, it's actually apart from things like, um, oh, what's the one with Romulus and Remus? The Twin Dilemma. there are very few children in doctor who and there there are very few sort of childish concerns in doctor who and Mm -hmm. you know i was thinking about some some of the sort of contemporaneous stuff that i watched in the 70s was things like um time slip and the tomorrow people and struggling ace of wands and things like that had children in them but doctor who didn't right and it it was i think arguably sort of for intelligent kids but it wasn't really about kids issues which i think as a child i appreciated because Mm -hmm. i knew about kids issues because i was one i have two sisters (laughs) but both of whom really enjoyed grange hill 
Whereas to my mind, why, you, why would you come home from school and yeah. watch a program <laughs> about school? doesn't make any sense. If you're a kid, why do you watch programs about kids? You already, you already got that identification. It's not interesting. It's like soap opera. Oh, I watch soap operas because brilliant cause it's all about family life, isn't it? It's all like friends and family. It's like, well, you've got friends and family. Why don't you just like enjoy your real friends and family and then, you know, use fictional narrative to explain something, you know, explore something a bit more interesting. And, and what I, I feel, and it, it's, it's just a feeling, and it's, I, I hope it's not too negative, because I really do love, particularly this, this Stephen Moffat iteration of Doctor Who is terrific. But the, I, I feel like the emphasis is different, and it is focusing a lot more on children. And, and this was particularly apparent in class, which is a young adult thing. Yeah. Where, yeah, I think there was even a line of dialogue, wasn't there, where somebody came around to the house and the mother said, oh, is this, is it saving, teen angst or saving the universe, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's like, a, teen, teen, everybody goes through teen angst, and, you know, it's it's an awful thing when you're, your adolescence is dreadful, right, you it's know, horrible. what a terrible yeah. period of anyone's life, <laughs> but... It doesn't mean you have to harp on about it and, you know, ju just kind of wallow in. I am sounding like an old man now. I be, do you know what we need? National service, Mark. Yeah. That's what people <laughs> need. Stop, sure, stop sure, dwell, sure. dwelling yeah. on their selves with their <laughs> self-pity and that. And they want to think about other people and get some bally... A war. We need a war is what we want. I, I, I do. I mean, I'm signed up for the, uh, the Doctor Who consumer survey or something like that so um after an episode of doctor who or class mm. you get a survey through um basically asking your opinions and things like that so there's there's boxes where you can you can just write what you what you think uh and then there's the sort of the radio buttons where on a scale of one to ten and every week on class they would ask uh whether you thought it was relatable to teenage life <laughs> oh dear um and in no way is it because uh I don't know, when I was a teenager, I certainly down for the amount of angst um, that they went through. Um, yeah. But nor did the opposite sex show any interest in me or, uh, you know, those kind of concerns uh, weren't really around when I was a, a kid or a teenager either. Yeah, it, it is. So, it's, uh, it's a different world. I think this is possibly what I'm taking into account is that, you know, I seem to have grown up in the 1920s, and and the world <laughs> the world is slightly different now. So yeah, this is just I, I I don't even think I had a coherent point to make, but this is just the flailing of an angry old man's fist, and you can basically ignore it. There there is some you know for all that complaining about the kids, the stuff with um, Grant as a kid in the episode we're about to watch is absolutely beautiful. I I, I just found it really funny, um, and and. You know, just a, a thing that Peter Capaldi can do just excellently. He's he's got that sort of um, uh, relationship with kids, relatability with kids. Yeah, that I quite enjoy that sort of um, distance. You know, there's a crotchety old man kind of distance. He's not trying to be anyone's mate or anything. You know, he actually is a proper authority figure. It does. Yeah, it works very well. Yeah, I think um, I think I think that's one of the disconnects between the old series and the new series. Is the uh, the old series was not concerned with emotion or the emotional impact of events uh, whatsoever. Um, and the odd time when you have that little moment like in Tomb of the Cybermen where the Doctor sits with Victoria mm. and discusses oh, her grief. God, yes. sort of, uh, it seems like the new series tries to emulate those moments. Yeah. But whereas in the old series they were special because they were sort of few and far between. 
There are a lot more of them now. Um, and exactly. No, you're 100% right. I mean, the, it's the end of the Green Death is absolutely crushing, right? Yeah. You know, and there's kind of Joe cavorting with, um, what's he, oh, the, the little Welsh hippie man from the Nuthatch. And there's old yeah. Doctor Who having a bit of a cry and driving off. Yeah, I've never seen that. It's amazing. And now you see that sort of four or five times an episode. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's, uh, it, it does anesthetize you a little bit to it, yeah. That's it. But on the same, uh, Steve Moffat's right particularly big fan of um but at the moment and hopefully series 10 will be, will be different but we've just got over the, the sort of the clara yeah um kind of angst uh and in this episode it's it's post um last year's christmas special yeah where he said his final 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 goodbye <laughs> to uh <laughs> to river song uh-huh. um so yeah, hopefully, obviously, it's David draw a line under that now, and it's. Yeah, um, I, I I would like that. I mean, the, this, um, the the return of Doctor Mysterio is is a very funny episode, and it's not you know it's not without emotional impact. You know, I I think it's played really well, um, but it is it's just you know it's it's principally funny. What it really reminded me of was uh, coupling. You know, the, yes. there there are bits where you just go, this could be a coupling episode. Now, you know, the, I think, I can't remember where I was, if it was a podcast or a review that I read where it was talking, there's a bit where um, uh, Grant is, is doing sort of two halves of a conversation, you know, he, he and, and it's sort of, there's a, like a split screen thing. Uh, yeah, where, like a comic book panel. Yeah, as well, well that's yeah. when I said, oh, it's like comic book panels. You go, is it, or is it just like something that would have happened on coupling? Because to me, it just looks like a coupling motif. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was funny. I, I laughed out loud, and you know, I've watched it a couple times through now. Uh, this episode, and I do keep laughing, so that that indicates to me it's pretty good. I, I hope, I hope Stephen Moffat just absolutely lets himself off the leash for the next season and just has fun with it because I, I have this uh, just a slight dread that the um, the the oncoming uh, Chris, the the oncoming Chibnall might, might be yeah. a, little, <laughs> a little bit kind of reheated hits of the past. I've, I've already sort of heard it suggested that. Um, People would like him to take it back to a young romantic doctor who's in love with his companion. You just go, oh, yeah, really, really, really. Know. Okay. It's um, it's it's this weird thing, isn't it? That when when the rebooted Doctor seemed to be at its its uh, most mainstream popularity and hit the zeitgeist was um, the sort of the second series. Yeah, but there's not even many good stories in that series. No. Um, it's you know compared to series eight or nine, which are yeah. Yeah. Series eight was my favourite until series nine came along. Yeah. Um it's uh yeah, it, it it's odd that it's not more popular now, I guess, but um mm, yeah, no, I well I, I agree hundred percent, but perhaps we're just um emotionally malfunctioning, yeah. <laughs> malfunctioning middle-aged men <laughs> rather than plugged in zeitgeisty teenagers. I don't know, Mark. I don't know. There is that, there is that. Uh, Cool, right. Uh, so I'm ready to press play as, when you are. As am I. Uh, in three, two, one. Hey. There we go. So we've got the. Slowly comic rotating comic panels. Book panels. Are you a fan of comic books or comic book movies? Um, well, gosh, what a huge, enormous, two pronged question for the first <laughs> 10 seconds of the episodes. I, I don't know. Asking if you're a fan of comics is like saying, So, do you like books? 
Yeah. yeah. What do you think so. of films then? It's like, I like good comics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm really into good comics. Bad ones, not so much. Um, comic book adaptations, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm very, very fond of Richard Donner's Superman, which c- came in handy for this episode, I can tell Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I think Peter Capaldi and Stephen Moffat seem to, uh, in, in uh, the publicity, you know, use that as a, as a touchstone. Yeah. Oh, it, 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 it is genius. And, uh, you know, I went back and had a, a rewatch of it. And what I always forget, so, sorry, this is it's such a good entrance. <laughs> um, what I always forget about Superman is that it is actually a 1970s film. And I, I really like films of the 70s. You know, that's there's a sort of long decade that goes from sort of pretty much um, uh, Bonnie and Clyde in 67 or whenever that was through to i don't know probably heaven's gate in 1980 where films are just really provocative and interesting mainstream films are really provocative and interesting and superman is really part of that because you know the, the superhero stuff in the 1978 superman is pretty timeless but when it cuts to the metropolis stuff it you know it could be out of like all the president's men or you know serpico or something it's that kind yeah. of you know some sort of palette of brown all the browns of the rainbow um you know but it, it it's and it's a significant 70s film and it, it is beautiful it's spent its money and it takes its time um and i, I respect that a lot you know and it, it, it juggles yeah. a lot of different things you know sort of um the sort of serious portentous Marlon Brando on Krypton stuff and the stupid, ridiculous Gene Hackman wig stuff, yeah. you know, and it all works. It all works really, really well. So um, it's a tremendous it's a film. Film when I was a kid, I watched over and over and over again. Um, oh, no, sorry. The doctor's, just, re- doctor's just gone plummeting. Do, do we know yeah. how does, how is he not dead? Sorry, it doesn't matter. So I, uh, yeah, I guess he, yeah. He clung on at the last minute. Yeah, all right. Sorry, I interrupted you. What was the film through, you watched uh, over and over? No, just just rewatching the 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 Richard Donner Superman uh, oh, yeah. as an adult. Miles better than I had expected it to be. I thought I'd loved it because I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought oh, it's going to be a bit ropey, but it is it is superb. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, no, I haven't seen any of the new um, DC universe, the uh, Suicide Squad or Batman versus Superman, any of those yeah. yet. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Suicide Squad. Um, I, I was quite a, quite a big fan. There was a um, 1980s run of Suicide Squad by a guy called John Ostrander, which I, I really enjoyed because um, it was just a way of DC killing off like a bunch of embarrassing superheroes yeah. that we didn't want around anymore. So there's like a, a, a pleasingly high death toll in each each issue. But the new stuff I've, I've found a little bit, um, just a little bit kind of, Grim, grimly humorless. The uh, Dawn of Batman, Superman, Dawn of Justice. I, I, I quite liked it, but you're not allowed to tell anyone that. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> they, they round you up. A van comes and takes you away in the middle of the night. But I thought there was did, a lot. There's a lot you can take out of it. I do want to see it. Yeah, I not really read any comics, um, apart from I kind of took the time to read uh, V for Vendetta and Watchmen. Oh, yeah, and, it's a lot. And things like that, but um, but not so much any other comics. But I do very much enjoy the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good fun. This is genius. Then what happens yeah. when you get bitten by a radioactive yeah. spider? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, vomiting, hair loss and death. Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> I love it. This, this could have been... I, I mean, it's a very difficult thing to do. You know, the superhero 
uh, movies are it's quite a heightened reality and uh, you know I, kn- I know that's the same of Doctor Who but they're not heightened in the same way you know with yeah. the Doctor Who the, there are sort of um, there are limits well I just say and you're going to tell me now about the carcass and all, all of that but, <laughs> but it, it, it did strike me that it would be very difficult to have an actual proper functioning superhero in the Doctor Who universe, and yet somehow <laughs> seem to do it. I, I yeah. saw this coming a little bit, the bit where he, he gave the kid the gem and said, take this. It's like, oh, yeah, man. that's, uh, yeah. But it's, 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 it's so inventive, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, he's introduced himself as a doctor, yeah. which the only thing that means to the kid is um, <laughs> that he's a doctor, he gives him a glass of water and says, take this. It's, uh, it's, it's nicely done. Yeah. It really is. How had he got his glass of water in his pocket? Skills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is, um, this is him trying to fix the Amy Rory, we can't go anywhere near New York debacle, isn't yeah, it? I, uh, yeah, I saw a few people on Twitter saying, well, how can he be in New York? Mm. Um but I think this is the explanation. He's built this. Um, yeah, is that how they man- managed to land the TARDIS on top of the Empire State Building that time? Yeah, in, it's the chase because isn't it? that's it's, it. Yeah, because that's in the future. So when, isn't it? When, when I come that's to write it. my best-selling book, Mark, it is going yeah. to be an eight-hundred-page slash fiction volume of um, Stephen Taylor and Morton Dill. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they get to meet each other and get it on. <laughs> yeah, I love the chase. The chase is another one where people tell you you're not really supposed to like it. I really like the chase. Yeah, it's. Um, I haven't seen it for a long time, actually. I, I've been waiting to get all the DVDs to do um, a rewatch from the start. Ah, have you uh, not got. Gosh, I, I just assumed you would have all the DVDs. I, I am close now for Christmas. I got the last sort of half dozen. Um, well, what were the last ones then? That's the, the inquiring mind. These, to know. I've saved the best till last. I've is got the twin dilemma. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is turning into a very twin dilemma heavy podcast. <laughs> time and the Rani. Uh-huh. Uh, Mark of the Rani. Mm-hmm. Time Lash. Yes. Um, and then the box set with the uh, King's Demons and oh, Planet yeah. Fire. King, King's <laughs> Demons and Gunfire. Is it, is, uh, no. Planet Fire. Oh yes, sorry. It's what was the, it came with gunfire? It was the awakening and the gunfighters, wasn't it? I think it's, so. Yeah, it was, it was Earth stories or Earth, Earth tales. Yeah, yeah. Here's some things that are set on uh, Earth. Go, oh, yeah, good. I've never spotted that link between those yeah. two stories before. That's it. So, other than Power of the Daleks, which I have got on the uh, BBC store, but yeah. I'll, I'll buy the DVD at some point. Oh well, there's the the, the fancy pants. Um, Blu-ray, Blu-ray. That's right. Steelbook thing, um, isn't there? I uh, yeah. Well, I've got a birthday about a week after that comes out, so I'm going to start oh, dropping hints oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> over the next Sorry. few weeks. So. Yeah. Grant's doing his first levitation bit. This uh, is so funny. <laughs> the the um, I, I've never seen. There's, there's a bit we, we've not got to it yet, but I doubtless will be. We'll have digressed all over the place, and we'll do that to it. But it's about my favourite bit is where the doctor goes and vi- <laughs> the doctor goes and visits him in school during his adolescence, yeah. and he's explaining how awful adolescence is. And the doctor says, "You like Lucy, don't you?" And he says, "How can you tell?" And what Grant is sort of levitated up the wall, and he's going, <laughs> "Is that an unwanted erection joke in Doctor Who?" Because yeah. <laughs> it's certainly what it seems like. 
And here we go, That's grown up Grant. Is it somebody? I noticed uh, in his bedroom earlier. It's sort of um, a mixture of, of Marvel and DC. I wondered if that was the BBC impartiality that they. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a bipartisan. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I, it's um, it's not an easy thing. I had to. My, my I've got a little nephew. Well, he's not little anymore. Um, he is. Oh, he's some age. It's one of those single digit numbers you get. He was he was born, he was born in two thousand and nine. Was that making uh, seven? But we, he he's into his comic stuff, and there was a bit where because his mum and dad don't, my sister and my brother in law don't really know comics, so yeah. that part of his education is being very much left to me, um, which is fine. I'm happy to do it, but we did have to sit down very early and do the these guys are Marvel and these guys are DC. Yeah. <laughs> <Damn>. <coughs> It's nice. It's nice when uh, when kids are into nerdy stuff. Uh, uh, yeah. Some friends of ours. They've got a young son who's. Uh, when I last time I was around, I dropped off some Christmas presents, and uh, he made me quiz him on Star Wars. <laughs> uh, his mum said he just he will just sit and read Star Wars sort of encyclopedias wow. and uh, things like that. Yeah. And I thought, that's great. That's that's what I was like with uh, with Doctor Who when I was yeah. sort of eight or nine. Yep, just all I'd read the, into, yeah. he, Heaven knows what it is that trips the switch, but it just. Hey, there's the Daily Planet. I mean, Harmony yeah. Show, whatever it's called. Oh, this is the That's it. Well, what I sorry, little secret. I hadn't remembered at all. There. Yeah, it's. I hadn't remembered it at all that this is uh, follows up from the Husbands of River Song, where the um, I haven't had a chance to watch it actually, but the you know the head splitting. Yeah, and the, the shawl, the, the planet of the guys who called something the whole thing without ever remembering. Yeah, I'm not sure that that having your head fall open is better than I don't know, say a man bag or just pocket, yeah pockets, pockets, yeah pockets would do. <laughs> <laughs> have to have the inside of your head for everything. But I was worried about how um, how jaded I'd become that I couldn't remember um, somebody splitting their head open <laughs> uh, and half the skull flopping to one side. Yeah. Um, I, I went. I You're from less than twelve months ago. That's, uh, well, yeah, lots happened in that twelve months, and almost none of it has been to who. So I no, I, I I think I'd have been hard pushed to remember it. I, I went back and watched. <laughs> Sorry, and here we go. Nardol. This is. Yeah. I was absolutely prepared to be very annoyed at this sort of yeah. stunt, stunt casting, but Matt Lucas is just very very funny. <laughs> I, yeah, I was quite optimistic. Um, I, I do like Matt Lucas. I was never a huge fan of Little Britain. No, it's a bit. But of, a bit I always sort of appreciated. Horrible. Yeah, I appreciate his ability to uh, inhabit lots of different characters. Yeah. Kind of voices, uh, body language, everything like, like that. Yeah. yeah. Probably he, more so than David Walliams. I've always been impressed with him like that. So I thought yeah, he'd be, I, yeah. Also, he he just seems genuinely likable. You know, <laughs> should we see him in, in, interviewed. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, <laughs> he just seems to be kind of more or less the same person, um, which, yeah. which is nice. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not quite sure. I mean, who is he? Where's he from? What do we know about him? Not terribly much. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's on the um, in the husband uh, the yeah the husband's a river song. It's a human colony, but it's not really clear whether he's from that colony. Yeah. Whether he arrived on the flying saucer with. Um, uh, King Hydroflax. That's right, uh, and River Song. The, mm. the the opening scene actually blew my theory out of the water. When the the clip um, was released for children in need, mm. 
um, where the Doctor and Nardole and Lucy uh, <laughs> threatened at gunpoint, and then and then the ghost arrives. Mm. I'd watched that and another trailer, and had a, kind of a half baked theory that only the Doctor could see Nardole. I isn't that interesting? I thought, I, I thought that with the Frank Skinner character in Murder on the. Oh, uh, yeah, the Mummy on, on the Orient Express. Yeah, Mummy, Mummy on the Mummy on the space train. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but then it it turned out. I, I think after the second time of watching it, other people did seem to be interacting with him. But yeah, no. I, I, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I tweeted this theory um, without at mentioning anybody, mm. um, and Matt Lucas liked the tweet. Ooh. So I thought I am definitely onto something here. Ah, I thought this was his way of telling me. Yeah. Yeah, you are onto something without confirming it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but probably not though. No, no. <laughs> um, so I guess he's searching for mentions of, of Nardole or uh, yeah. Well, that's I a, that's probably a thing you'd do. He's a Doctor Who fan. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think both he and David Walliams were uh, you know fans from uh, from their childhoods. Yes, David it's, Walliams uh, was in the the Horns of Naimon too. Yeah, the the big space hotel. It's called the one with the room eleven in it. (laughs) It's called the God Complex. God God Complex. Complex. Well done. Well done. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) So don't worry. I'm an intruder too. (laughs) He does a lot of eating in this episode. A lot of conjuring up of food. Yeah, yeah. The water. The Sushi hamburger, hamburger later on as well. It brings yeah. snacks. The snacks are the mark of a pro. That's it. <laughs> uh, tank you cannot go wrong with tanks full of brains. No, it's all gone a bit. This is how eyes work, but hey, <laughs> it's, it's a good thing. I do sometimes think Stephen Moffat's just way. Stephen Moffat's just got a list of really cool things. I'd like it if some eyes opened in a brain yeah. and then just try and write a story around it. Yeah, very creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too creepy for a Saturday night, Christmas time. Do you think? Well, uh, we had my mum over for Christmas Day, and uh, when we watched it, she was firmly of the opinion that it was it was too scary for children oh, to watch. That's excellent. Uh, that's that's yeah. proper, <laughs> proper pedigree, isn't it? My, yeah. my niece and nephew, they, I, they don't sort of watch it regular. Well, haven't been able to because like huge swathes of their lives go past without it yeah. being on, <laughs> so it doesn't help. But um, they they really rated Peter Capaldi. Uh, and they, they watched um, the last season. They, they were absolutely terrified by the Fisher King, which I, I wouldn't have said right. was, you know, the scariest thing that happened. But that was that was the thing that got them absolutely spooked. That's uh, yeah, more so than the Zygons or anything. Yeah, you wouldn't have picked that as um, uh, as a particularly scary one no. because it's it's got that sort of old school Doctor Who monster. Um, Kind of lack of mobility. Yeah, it, it is. The, uh, kind of there's, a Steve, not, uh, there's a Stephen King. Is it? The, it might be the body. Um, the thing that they adapted into Stand by Me, or uh, one of Stephen King's books about kids, uh, where they're talking about you know how rubbish mummies are because you can just, as you say, walk away from them. Yeah, <laughs> they're never going to catch you up. Although, having said that, have you seen the Babadook? Is it no, not yet. No, no. Do um, I, no, yeah, I don't. I don't mean the Babadook. I mean it follows. 
Is it, 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 yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's two things that I saw I, at the same time, and now I muddle them up. It in it it follows, you know. One, it, I think the curse is sort of if you have sex with someone, then the the curse is transferred onto them, and what happens is this big spooky thing follows them, unless they can sort of sex it off onto. It's like the passing of the rooms, <laughs> but with, with sex. Twenty <laughs> first century, um, but this thing just walks. But it is actually quite terrifying because it will just inevitably catch you up, even at walking speed. Feed. No, I need to look out for that one as well. Yeah, it's, it's, good. Uh, it's good. Now, this uh, Lucy Fletcher, she's Mrs. Lombard. Is it Lombard? Yeah, Mrs. Lombard. Yeah, and, but, somebody, um, somebody was making the point that's a that's a very Superman. Um, kind yeah, of alliterative. Uh, yeah, Lois, name, yeah, Lois Lane, Lex Luthor, Lana Lang. Oh, and this is great as well. This, I tell you, this this plot really hangs together extremely yeah. well. The, um... I think Stephen Moffat does that very well when um, uh, Zonado points out that it's not that New York isn't a capital city. Yeah, it like becomes the... relevant later on. That's yeah, that's right. Like, He's it, saying, yeah. "Well, don't point out the mistakes," and of course, it's not a mistake. It's part of a very clever plot. <laughs> yeah, it's like the uh, Asylum of the Daleks with the um, where do you get the eggs from? Oh, it seems yeah. like just a throwaway, a throwaway funny line. Yeah, yeah. Um, which at the end becomes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm seriously going to miss Stephen Moffat when he's gone. I, I have just thoroughly enjoyed this um, this tenure. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, I enjoy Rusty Davis, but but Stephen Moffat for me is kind of built on it, and yeah, uh, it, it, I have enjoyed it more. Uh, one of the things um, I read early on was that Chris Chibnall was thinking about having the uh, a writers' room, cool, so more like an American series. Yeah, good, good. Which uh, yeah. It, I like the idea in some ways. I mean, I like the idea. I, think, I like the idea more than I like it just being Chris Chibnall going yeah. <laughs> at his desk. And I, I say this as someone who sat through five out of six episodes of the first series of Broadchurch and just could not bring himself to finish it. <laughs> I didn't. I know I didn't watch Broadchurch. Broadchurch no, either. No. Um I think. I guess because I kind of watched The Flash and Arrow and um, you know a lot of the. Uh, Oh, the one with Rory in it. There's a time traveling one with Rory as Rip Hunter, isn't there? That's uh, um, yeah, the Legends, Legends of, Tomorrow. of Tomorrow. Yeah. Which? Oh, this is great. This is actually from. Um, that's lovely. That's from the Brandon Routh Superman, isn't it? The Brian Singer one. Yeah. And he just walks to somebody as they're shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting, and the bullets just kind of. And it becomes point blank at one point in that film, yeah, doesn't it? Like okay. sort of uh, really kind of right up to his face, yeah. <laughs> Light to uh. moderate injury. It's good. That there's <laughs> some there's some very good meta stuff in there. I'm not always a big fan yeah. of, um, you know, that that sort of meta meta fictional stuff where people are kind of broadly acknowledging the fictional milieu that they're in. But some of this stuff works really well, and that was that was one of them. That's it. In the clip, it it kind of made it seem like maybe he was a robot at that point. These, you know, the sort of uh, terminology, the light to moderate injury. Ah, yeah. Made Hello, me think the ghost. Was, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I want a duffel coat. Why haven't I got a duffel coat? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, but no, as you said, the writers' room. I think it, it just kind of it seems to smooth out the quality. But you don't get. Uh, I feel like you don't get as many standout episodes. Um, okay. Okay. I mean, so I, like, yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm maybe going to agree with you. I, I, I really don't know enough about it. I, I, I don't know of British series that kind of use that. I, I've seen it used very well in America. You know, I'm a, a, huge, yeah. a huge fan of the West Wing, 
Um, which, you know, the the first two, three possibly series just look entirely like they were done by Aaron Sorkin. But of course yeah. they weren't, you know, it was Aaron Sorkin and a whole big bunch of other people that he was bouncing ideas off. And that that, that kind of works. I mean, to, sorry, this is a total tangent and it's not fair because Doctor Who's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but have you, have you been watching any of Designated Survivor on Netflix? No. Um, it, it, it is... Just the maddest thing that's ever happened. It's like Kiefer Sutherland, after you know right. how many series of Twenty Four he did, yeah. has dis- clearly decided he wants to do the West Wing. So he <laughs> plays the president. There's like you know they, when they do the State of the Union, um, they Address. have to leave kind of one uh, one cabinet member back at the White House just in case something befalls the whole cabinet. Yeah. It happens, you know, the whole uh, American government is destroyed in a bombing atrocity in the opening episodes of, uh, opening minutes of episode one. So only Kiefer Sutherland is left and he gets to be president of an embattled United States. And it's one of those Ah. things where the episodes are like about 42 minutes long and they just shoehorn so much incident into them. It's like there's almost no adjectives in in, any of the dialogue (laughs) because all they've got time for is the nouns. It's like with verbs, (laughs) if absolutely necessary. And it's just, it's beautiful. it's the sort of thing, and I, I'm sure it's a writer's room, you know, it just has that whole yeah. book of 12 guys it, sitting around a table going, and what if this, and what if that? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, we'll do all of that. I, I, I highly I, recommend it. It's about my favourite thing at the moment. I need to I need to watch Stranger Things on Netflix. Uh, there's yeah. the new Dirk Gently series. There's just a huge amount that I need to, uh, yeah. I, to I, get around to on I, that. I, I, didn't, I didn't get on that well with um, Stranger Things, and I, I felt like I should have. Yeah, yeah of, it, it's, a lot of people, it, a lot people recommended it to me, but I need, yeah. I need, I need to try that. Yeah. The, the line just before that just reminded me, um, sorry, just on the, uh, when he drops, uh, the ghost drops Lucy off and says, I hope this unpleasant experience does <laughs> put you off clearing journalism. It's a, Very like the Superman. The helicopter um, bit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope it doesn't put you off flying. flying. It's, just, it's <laughs> the safest way to travel. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I didn't notice that the first time, but I think reading it, it's... Uh, uh, Oh, no, yeah, just, right. not all in his head. Ooh, an elephant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um Matt <laughs> Lucas is doing that uh William Hartnell thing, isn't it? It's like always be busy, busy, busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, magic. This is great. <laughs> it is, and then it's it's surprisingly long seeing this now, a bunch of scenes, isn't it, where they're in her uh, apartment. Uh and it all sort of uh <laughs> Unravels from there. Yes. Yeah, I didn't see this coming at all. No, no, I, I, it, it's, um, it, it is rather beautifully scripted. Yeah. And she does, and she's great. This, um, Mrs. Lombard is, who is she? I looked her up. She's got the weirdest name, Charity Wakefield. Yeah, and she's I, a British I, actress, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, I just assumed she was yeah. American. Um, <laughs> you see, this is a coupling thing. You know how many yeah. different things are going on in this scene. Now it's like yeah. that's four completely different perspectives on the same five, if you include the baby. On the same, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, very, very well done. Very well directed as well. I think once they start moving to different rooms and uh... yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. So Matt Lucas just did a squeaky toy thing, and it reminded yeah. me we haven't had Mister Huffle yet. I did. De- I demand yeah. a Mister Huffle toy. <laughs> I did. I was wondering, is that something that's already oh. available, or is it was it designed for this uh, this episode? I do not know. Don't One thing I, I quite like in this episode is that the Doctor doesn't speak, baby. No, that's a relief, isn't it? 
it's yeah, it was never yeah. something I was very keen on. There's a, oh, this is the unwanted erection joke scene. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's it, it is good. I I think um, the, on the surface of it, the, there's a lot of this era of Doctor Who that looks like magic, right? But it yeah. is it is all sort of quite carefully explained in the context of the story and you know the kind of the wider series as a whole, I, in a way that I didn't think. The Matt Smith stuff always was. I thought the Matt Smith stuff was much more prone to sort of fairy tale yeah. lack of logic, and that that talking baby was exactly one of them. I mean, that just yeah, think, just makes no sense. Yeah, speaking baby, speaking horse, or yeah. speaking dinosaur, things like that. It's um, it's not the TARDIS translation circuit because nobody else can do it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it is. Uh, it is something else. Yeah, I know what you mean. The um. He's more so in, the, like you say, in the Matt Smith era. Is this this sort of uh, you know making a deal with the universe and yeah, oh yeah, uh, so, so specifically evoking you know kind of fairy tales and stuff throughout. throughout yeah, or that kind of Noel Edmonds, that cosmic ordering, you know, <laughs> kind of just general wishy washy yes. um, idea that the that the universe um, is some kind of intelligence that can grant wishes. It's just uh, a woman. I, Worked with, got a new job, and she said, "Oh yeah, I did the you know Edmonds thing of asking the universe for it." Yeah, I said, "So you didn't do any other preparation for the interview whatsoever?" Isn't that? And she said, "Oh no, yeah, I did prepare for it as well." It's and it's so- a, it's a it's a truly interesting. I mean, I I find as, as I get older. Ah, oh, not many steps to the grave now, Mark. As I get older, <laughs> I've become quite interested just in the way sort of people make their peace with the universe. You know, because I, I, as a younger man, I was just very kind of um, dogmatic and scientific and very, very into my provable objective truths and, you know, that facts mm-hmm. are the same for everybody. And now, and I don't know if this is, you know, partly to do with the, the era in which we live, but I'm, I'm much fonder of subjectivity than objectivity. So, you know, I, I don't particularly mind it when sort of people sort of float around having these beliefs that don't seem really to be rooted in, in anything other than they think that it's true. But it does worry me when people just use it to yeah. sort of gratify themselves. You know, it's, yeah. it's just like, well, <laughs> should, you know, the, the universe is brilliant and mysterious and there's absolutely no way we can sort of perceive it all or understand it all. You know, so we're just not dimensionally equipped to, you know, we just see our three going on four dimensions of it. So, you know, it's always going to be largely not understandable to us. Um, and that's great. That's a thing to be celebrated. But, you know, you don't then just walk through it making demands of it. That's like what a toddler would do. You know, it's like there's much more interesting things you can do with that sort of view of the universe. No, absolutely. Is Mr. Huffle. Yeah, that's not okay. a commercially available thing. No. Scotland. It's- Scotland Yard. Oh, <laughs> the props department have uh, have come up with that. It, it's it's just terrific. I mean, how how that gives you any leverage, I don't know, but yeah. it would de- it would definitely work. <laughs> yeah, this is great. This is um, yet more cleverly thinking something through from different character perspectives because um there's i don't think we've quite got to it yet but there's the bit where lucy says oh you know you're you're not with an agency because you're not used to being spoken to like this which is terrific because that means while while stephen moffat has been writing this he has been simultaneously entertaining lucy's perspective and the doctor's perspective which i think is quite a difficult thing to do that's uh it's it shows off our 
the Doctor Who's come from Twin Dilemma. Uh, well, yeah. Well, it, yeah, I was going to say um, Logopolis again. <laughs> Do you and your constant Logopolis bashing? I've... It's is, one of my favourite. I, I genuinely <laughs> love season eight to series eighteen. I, I just I don't, think it's I don't I, I, every single it. second of it is terrific. <laughs> but it's like everyone goes, "Oh, it's the worst, wasn't it? Oh, poor old Tom. He looks so ill, so unengaged. <laughs> All those terrible companions." Go, shut up. It was good. Shut up. <laughs> I don't dislike it really, but I, I was just going to say about you know sort of Tegan strolling into the TARDIS, yeah. completely unfazed by <laughs> it being bigger on the inside. Yeah. Immediately recognizing it as a spacecraft and just looking for the pilot, <laughs> that kind of thing. That's that's where I think the modern series has come. Yeah, it's come on from. There is there is much more recognition, like you say, of other people's uh, other characters' perspectives and uh, uh, and reactions from. Uh, I think I think that is the most problematic thing about that season is is uh, you know Nissa's lack of. Um, Reaction to the uh, the destruction of a planet. Well, um, but yeah, but that's that's not unique. I mean, no, it very rarely gets picked up on in Star Wars. You know, there's a bit in Star Wars, yeah, where with, they're with, escaping uh, from the Death Star, <laughs> and it's going, oh, it's such a shame. This old man that I've known for nearly a day has just been killed, and Leia has to go. Oh, I'm sorry about that. And you go, yeah, but Leia's whole planet's, planet's just been blown yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> Surely that trumps like an old, <laughs> an old man who was, after all, quite old. Yeah. On the Jeremy Corbyn side, oh, dear. yeah, poor old Alec Guinness. I don't think his heart was really in it. I think I think he enjoyed the no. check, but not really the job. Yeah, um, yeah, he had um, he got a uh, percentage of the profits, didn't he? So yeah, <laughs> so. it's a lovely bit where um, it's near the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, where I don't know why they didn't fix it. Uh, but it's clearly, you know, two bits of dialogue that were filmed on separate continents months apart, where Alec Guinness says, you must go to the Dagobah system. And Luke goes, the Dagobah system? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't say that. <laughs> Have you seen Rogue One? No, not yet. Is it good? I, I enjoyed it a lot, yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel like uh, I know how it ends. People yeah. say, things like, oh, we're doing a spoiler-free review. And you go, well, <laughs> did it not get comprehensively spoiled by the two-hour film that came out in 1977? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, actually. My, um, I, I, was, I, was, I was sad. I was sad, sad about Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, no, sorry. And at which point, another brilliant Stephen Moffat line hoves interview. You're all wet. I prefer yeah, mild man. Yeah, mild man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a great one as well. There are some situations which are just too yeah. stupid. It's, oh, I love Peter Capaldi so much. It's one, and his one of my, face my... and his reactions in this scene are great. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, one of my colleagues at work um, has been unable to take to Peter Capaldi as the Doctor because she just can't see past Malcolm Tucker. Yeah. Which has just not been an issue just... in my head at all. Oh, here, no. we go, here we go with the split screen stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a shame. I think it's... Uh, uh, I think he's probably my favourite modern day yeah. incarnation. Yep, yeah, no, mine too. Absolutely. He's but, still but... doing really interesting things with it. Yeah. And he and he's just—I mean, I think they all are kind of really into it. Um, yeah. Post Eccleston, <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> they seem seem to have embraced it. And I, I do feel slightly sorry for Matt Smith, whose career is—I mean, he's clearly a you know funny, intelligent, kind of gifted actor, but it doesn't—you know—his career does not seem to have been 
flying since he left Doctor Who, and I feel there might be a little bit of remorse in him that he perhaps yeah. left too early. <laughs> Sorry, split screen with the baby in the middle. Um, yeah. Yeah, I so never I'm... noticed, I think, last time as well, how the uh, like Grant's arm there just overlapped into one of the other frames. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He did not doing it much, but just occasionally there was a slight, a slight overlap from one frame into another. This is the yeah. date thing. This is this is more, this is proper screwball comedy, yeah, dialogue stuff. <laughs> no, I think um, I think Matt Smith. The uh, I haven't seen it yet, but again, another Netflix series has been quite. Uh, oh, is he the Duke of Edinburgh? Claimed, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, but I think that's that's probably been his his, uh, his biggest success. I think he, that, I, who who was which of the many Ryans? Was it who was in Drive? Ryan Gosling. And Gosling. He yeah. directed a film called something that I can't remember the name of, but it's something about rivers, some not Mystic River because that was that other thing. Ah, uh, yeah. It doesn't it matter. Was, but it uh, had, had Matt Smith in it as, and Matt Smith is brilliant in it. He's not in it much, and he's sh- it's the bit where he shaved his head off. So it must have been around yeah. the time of that prom. Um, yeah, but he's you know he's good and creepy in it, but it's just obviously I well. I think David Tennant's done slightly better in America with the uh, sort of Kilgrave stuff in. Yeah, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, which yeah. is very good. Yeah, that was I thought that was superb. I think um, I think those Marvel Netflix series, um, uh, much better villains than a lot of the movies. Yeah. Um, because the uh, the guy playing Kingpin, ah, what's his name? Do you know? I haven't actually haven't watched the Daredevil stuff yet. Ah, right. Um, yeah, very, very, very good. The guy playing Kingpin. It's the guy from Full Metal Jacket. Oh, um, ah. hang on. Ah. Sound of an old man typing with both of his fingers. <laughs> and let's <laughs> look at. There we go. Oh, so many daredevils. You keep talking yeah. about Doctor Who for a second. <laughs> this I, I quite like the uh, the Frank Skinner podcast. Oh, I, uh, I didn't realise he did one. He does. Well, he does a radio show on uh, one of the sort of London stations, um, and then they put a podcast out of the the bits in between the music and the news and things like that. Ah. It's always very very entertaining, and he often talks about Doctor Who and stuff on that. Oh, cool! He has a rule where if he knows something and he can't remember it, he won't look it up. Oh. He will force force his brain to work. Oh. He'll only look up if he never knew it. Well, that's great. You know, if you've got but a on a podcast, there isn't time. Yeah, yeah. there isn't time on a podcast. A lot of my brain just just has gone now. It's yeah. like I'm, you know, the, the <laughs> pathway is still there. So I know I used to know a thing, but yeah. the thing is not actually no longer at the end of the pathway. Vincent D'Onofrio. That's it. That's it. Vincent D'Onofrio. He plays Kingpin, and he's excellent. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd recommend the, um, yeah. the first series of uh, of that. This is a nice bit with the um, the view in the CCTV. Oh the, yes, what, what do you want? Mercy, is, uh, and it's like, yeah, no, we're not going. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm making you an offer. <laughs> it's obviously hacked in, so then they're watching the live feed, and then yeah. uh, and then turns around. That's, uh... Yeah, there, there is, as is often, as as is, I would say, always the case with Stephen Moffat stuff. There is more than you can apprehend in a single viewing. Yeah, I I find that might just be my. Cognitive process is slowing down, um, but it do, it does strike me. I mean, this is this is not Mrs. Brown's boys or strictly come dancing, no. is it? You know, <laughs> there, there is there are sort of layers and elements of sophistication at work here that you don't really see in in most other programs. I, I would suggest. No. Absolutely. 
It's uh, no, like, uh, and as you say, the uh, it's not the most convenient place to keep a gun. That is it, but uh, it's quite a, <laughs> it's like a, a striking st- visual art. So. St- stifle your quick yeah. draw technique. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here we go. How do you feel about the doctor eating burgers? There was um, I, I remember back in the oh, must have been mid eighties. Uh, I think it was the first Doctor Who monthly comic strip with Frobisher in it and the sixth doctor is wandering along eating a burger and as a 19 year old at the time i thought oh i was like slightly disappointed that the doctor eats burgers yeah. <laughs> i don't, don't know well, um, he uh he became a vegetarian in um the two doctors <laughs> but he's, he's better now he's yes. got better <laughs> oh this is beautiful <laughs> 12th century Constantinople. I'm not sure. <laughs> how do you feel about Nardole being able to tar- pilot the TARDIS like that? See that again. It's it, it's like the 80s where the companions would do that occasionally, isn't it? It's yeah. uh, it's. Uh, I, I don't think I've got a problem with it. I mean, it, Clara could do it by using the. Uh, they yeah. Did they not have some telepathic controls? That's right. She, yeah, but the, yeah, the TARDIS was sort of allowing it. Oh, maybe, maybe think that's of some way. Yeah. Um, but this is, uh, I say, now it's not. I say it's not really clear whether he, I suppose he's a, he's a human from the future, from the colony, or from somewhere else. But I think it works perfectly well having, not having a, a human companion from the contemporary God, yes, uh, we, England, which he just shied away from a huge amount. But um, Wikipedia, you know, I mean, Wikipedia was trying to tell me that Nardole is the first fully alien companion since Turlo. It's just, it's like, is he? Right. It probably is. Unless you handles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you know? Um, I, I, I do think well, there. I, this is my new pitch to the BBC: is for the the handles, Mister Huffle. Yeah. Team, team up yeah. needs needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that the Doctor traveling with Romana in K nine. You know, some some great stories there. It's not uh, yeah. this idea that there has to be the point of view. Well, and and Leela, companion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's. Um, I think it's something that uh, you know you hear Russell T Davies talk about a lot to be kind of become the received wisdom. But uh, but it's not necessarily the case. Uh, sorry, the received wisdom that. Uh, that there has to be a point yeah. of view, kind of human contemporary character there. Yeah, well, I mean, as Stephen Moffat's sure. taken that further and, and has, you know, explicitly said the program is about the companions. I think, and you know, makes uh, a good point and argues it. Well, I, I don't think I agree with it. No, um, but I, it's it's an interesting. It's it's just it's one of those sort of it's, again slightly provocative Stephen Moffat inversions. There's a bit later on he talked about it. Um, in the run-up to this episode, saying that his favourite superhero was Clark Kent, and yes, mm. he, yes, he meant Clark Kent, and you know they they kind of allude to it in in here as well. You know, right at the end when Lucy's saying, "I'll I'll put your superhero costume on for you," and she just yeah. puts his glasses on. Um, it, it, that's you know, st- I think Stephen Moffat does just automatically take a uh, an established point of view and just can't help himself but turn it 180 yeah. degrees round and just you know sort of present it back to you. Yeah, the idea that the, uh, the the secret identity is the most the most interesting uh, yeah. character. Yeah. And this is the, <laughs> we're back to yeah. su- Richard Donner Superman stuff, isn't it? Yeah, Lois Lane behind the lead planter. Yeah. 
Yes, I'm not sure. I think what he I, does. Sorry. I think it appeared of buffering, and I've, I've slipped behind a little bit. I'm still in. Uh, oh, he's just in Tokyo. Oh, right. Do you want me to pause a bit? I'm up to the bit where he's just flamed his candle on. If you pardon the expression. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've. I'm. Yeah, they're on the rooftop now. I'll I'll pause mine a second. Okay. Hey, ladies, nice ladies and gentlemen, pause at home. I'm <laughs> I'm at. So, what powers do you have on the roof? So, let me know when you get there. It's just immediately after the TARDIS cons control room thing. Right. I'm in the TARDIS control room now. Drinking the tea. Yeah. <laughs> it does a lot of tea drinking yeah. in that yeah. very short sequence. And then back on the roof. So what powers do you have? Yes, that's yeah, where we are now. No. And that's us. <laughs> Back in phase, because um, time goes quicker in Scotland, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's because we're nearer the North Pole. It's just science, Mark. Did you? I'm surprised you didn't do that at school. It's uh, it makes sense. It's, yeah, uh, <laughs> because you're near the North Pole, it takes less time for the Earth yeah. to rotate. It's just, you are, it's just so. basic physics, mate. Yeah, just think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think the second time watches, I was surprised at how long. They they are just in Lucy's apartment and the yeah. the, the villains uh, the the plans on pause for a little while but I think it uh, it's oh, all really good stuff and then oh, it, it, here we go another great line coming up sorry we've just been through it goes quick actually for an hour long program this goes quite yeah. quick it's, it's that how do you know no one's on board did you scan nope just all the lights are off it's yeah like, <laughs> brilliant um, yeah no I, 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 I what line I, was that isn't it yeah. Uh, I'd you know, not... taking the, the futuristic back to the prosaic, uh, <laughs> the Red Dwarf, and they say, should we go to Red Alert? And I say, sure, it does mean changing the light bulb. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's a nice line. <laughs> yeah, no, there was, uh, before the um, the Lights Out spaceship, it, there was just a, a lovely shot of uh, the guys in the office, you know, just huge open plan office looking out of the cityscape. And I go, that's that's presumably just a green screen in Cardiff or something. This I, I've got so used to this just looking amazing all the time. Yeah. You know, it's kind of almost blasé about how terrific it looks. Yeah, I don't know if they did record this in you know, the street scenes, whether that was uh, Cardiff disguised as New York but <laughs> <laughs> it's all green screen. Yeah, I, d I don't know. I honestly don't know. Yeah. This is uh, this is one of those facts that I haven't looked up because I don't yeah. look up facts. I'm very bad. I, I'm just not terribly interested in. Oh, this is beautiful. I mean, sorry, we we went through all of the um, the bit where the doctor is explaining that Grant was jealous of himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's, <laughs> technically, she's jealous of herself too because they both think around on dates with different people. But I love this. You know, her defending Grant. And yeah. you know, he's he's starting to look like a bit of a jerk, which is a shame. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So no, I was just saying, I'm a, I'm a bad Doctor Who fan. I just don't get very worked up about behind the scenes stuff. You know, I'm just like, interested in the stories and and the characters, and that's about it. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I suppose I don't seek it out so much. I'll read the the magazine, yeah. um, read about the episode after it's gone out. Mm. Um, I don't watch the. Uh, Doctor Extra now, isn't it? I don't tend to. to do they, they still do that? Is, that? is it that Crystal D? Um, that's the the fan show. I've never yeah. watched that she's either. She's brilliant, she, but she looks like uh, she's about twelve. You can't yeah. even have been born when Christopher Eccleston was the Doctor. How do you have in depth knowledge of, of early Doctor Who? But she's she's good. She knows her stuff. That's it. I think I think I follow her on Twitter, but I I never got around to watching the uh, the show. Yeah, um, yeah she's, she's very likable. Yeah. Yeah, and you see, she does all kinds of uh, 
uh, cosplay, doesn't she, as, yeah. uh, as John Pertwee? Yeah. And yeah. different things. Here. Yes, well, I'm sure I wouldn't have noticed that. It's just it's just confusing, Mark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and again, the um, the the kind of spaceships that they can realise now as well is uh, is just something you get used to. It's they they look industrial and uh, less like set, don't they? Yeah, set yeah. To, uh, you know the old the old school sort of two swivel chairs and some big chunky lighty up buttons. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, and a teletext screen. As you say. There's, <laughs> um, I, I, for, for decades now. I have been not really a fan of CGI. You know, even when people say, oh, you got to go and see Jurassic Park, because they've definitely got the CGI to work. You go to see Jurassic Park, and you go, well, dinosaurs all still look like ghosts of dinosaurs, right, <laughs> rather than real yeah. dinosaurs. <laughs> but we kind of do now seem to be reaching the point where stuff has a bit more physicality to it. Um, but then, you know, you should go back, and, and case in point is the 1978 Richard Donner Superman, where, you know, the explosion, exploding of the planet Krypton is basically just Derek Meddings or whoever it was, you know, Pinewood, just setting fire to a load of paraffin. And you go, yeah, it <laughs> that looks a lot better than computer fire. That's it. There's some, uh, say, some, Rogue One has some uh, advances in CGI. Oh, yeah. Which are. Uh, not quite there, but but impressive. Yeah. I went back and watched what I still call Star Wars, but is now just irredeemably called um, a New Hope. It seems. New Hope. Yeah. yeah. I went back and watched that, and it was the awful version from 1999, which is all the ah, great yeah. film that you know and love and remember, spoiled yeah. with with all these extra bits. <laughs> and the bizarre thing is, all the you know, the, all the stuff from 1977 still looks absolutely spiffing, and all the CGI yeah. stuff from the 1990s looks dreadful. <laughs> it's just really awful, di- disfiguring, yeah. like, like a like a monstrous carbuncle on the face of a much loved <laughs> relative. I would say that would that would be my best way of describing that. I think this is where the, the Force Awakens recreated that uh, the look and the feel so well, and the the texture yeah. of it. Yeah, I think I came out of the Force Awakens just absolutely kind of buzzing because yeah. it was it was uh, you know it's easy watching Star Wars again. Yeah, well, it, it, watching Star Wars, but you know, it's like if go, going back now and watching. Did, did you ever watch any of the Family Guy? Um, Star Wars. Yeah. There's one yeah. where, you know, Lois as Princess Leia is introduced to uh, Mon Mothma, and Peter Griffin says, She's the only other woman in the universe. Yeah. And Lois <laughs> says, I don't like her. <laughs> and you go, at that point, you go, Actually, there are only two women in the Star Wars universe at that point, aren't there? Um, I and this, I think that's, a, that's so one unlucky. of the balances that The Force Awakens yeah. redressed. But I, I mean, you know, this is one of my hot buttons. I just love loved the stuff between Han Solo and Princess Leia I just, I just loved that idea that you can have two people you know now kind of basically borderline elderly but still you know in a loving relationship it's just like you know the, the little bit where she kind of just rests her head on you I don't yeah. know when I last saw that in a genre film if ever it's yeah really really nice stuff yeah, yeah. it's uh, I think Rogue One is probably and a more original story, um, and there's some really good stuff in there. But I didn't quite get the buzz I got from The Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, it just, uh, that really just came out, huge grin on my face. Yeah. It was uh, it was superb. Amen. Uh, and I, was, 
I was going to say, yeah, that's why I always feel sorry for Luke that the only female human that he that he meets <laughs> <laughs> is revealed to be his sister. Yeah, so, and he's not even got a properly functioning right hand anymore either. It's, yeah. just, it's a d- dangerous times for poor Luke. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so now, now they've worked out the plan. I say kind of not. Yeah. I, not all. I, possibly this is just the crossword experience talking, but I'm trying. I was just trying to pull the name Nardole apart and just work out what it is, and I can't get anywhere with it apart from just yeah. seeing that it's an anagram of Leonard. So I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm just wondering if there's a Leonard somewhere that has been has been paid tribute to. Yeah. Uh, I like. It. I think the uh, the plan in this is excellent. Yeah. The uh, it's it's a clever plan. And it kind of reminds a little bit of Watchmen. Yeah, do you know, I hadn't put that together until you said it just then, but you're a, a spot on. The Watchmen, the book. I yeah. Watchmen, the film. Yeah, the devi- I can't remember how the film ends. It's, it is a, a point of massive deviation, though, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I can't remember how it ends either. I've got it on, on Blu-ray as well, but yeah. you saw it at the cinema and never got around to watching it again. No, um, it's, it's quite. it can be quite difficult. And I, I speak as a sort of a... Almost a Zack Snyder apologist, you know. I in in that I, I like Dawn of Justice and um, I, I quite, quite like Watchmen a little bit. No, I did like Watchmen. I, I Sucker Punch is dreadful, absolutely yeah. dreadful. But I thought his his version of Three Hundred was, uh, you know, it's that kind of he. It, I I think it, it it's almost like he's not very creative, but he's very very diligent. In recreating yeah. <laughs> stuff, you know, and I think you know, if you can't be clever and interesting, at least be thorough. And he's he's a very thorough director, so I, you know, kind of applaud that about him. But yeah, you know, his, his films, like, it's a job of work getting through them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, uh, so the the Book of Watchmen, where they stage the attack. Yeah. As a. Uh... I love that. It's such, and it's seeded it's right the way through it, isn't it? All yeah. the missing science fiction authors and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love Ozymandias. He's just he's one of my. I, I love that idea. You know, just a su- super amazing. You know, guy who is just flawed by his humanity. You know, and that. Um, the, you know, it's a, it's a standard sort of observation about DC is that they just have this fundamental dichotomy this kind of Manichaean distinction between Superman and Batman you know and one is just this absolutely un- unflinchingly moral creature of the sun you know literally powered mm. by the yellow sun and the other is literally a creature of the night with very very flexible morality you know and that and that's true but i think watchmen escalates that to the nth degree with just you know dr yeah. manhattan and um ozymandias you know the, the uh, kind of a superhuman and a human but so complicated and and different in their outlooks and you know how how they antagonize each other it's just amazing stuff Mm. Yeah, but not really terribly much to do with Doctor Who. <laughs> no, no, no. Just the uh, yeah, the, the, the basic plan was uh, it just yeah, it seemed to uh, remind me a little bit of that. Yeah, no, no. I, I, you're you're mm-hmm. absolute, absolutely right. Yeah. So this is the, the inevitable point of the podcast where we just watch the episode yeah. for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Are we both still synced up? I'm in the spaceship plummeting. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Um, the doctor is sliding across the floor, yeah. picking himself up. Noddles, uh, 
<laughs> completely. The grip of the. Uh... You're completely out of your mind. How is that news to anyone? There's um, there's something exactly like I loved the the little glimpse we got of series ten at the end of this. And by the way, yeah. I just I I'm, I'm like David Cameron. I'm pumped about Bill. I think yeah. just Bill has the makings potentially of a brilliant character. There's like a line she says. You know, she's talking about he's like a professor or a lecturer or something. Mm. But I call him. Doctor yeah. what? <laughs> it's just so beautifully done. But there, there is there's um there's another line of Peter, you know, somebody uh, asking Peter Capaldi if he's mad, and him saying yes, but it's not a new development or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a, a Stephen Moffat uh, thing that runs through with the uh, the Madman in the Box from mm. right back from the eleventh hour, isn't it? That. Uh, yeah, totally. Through, totally. Uh, gone through both of his doctors. Well, it, it, and it's a very kind of interesting take on the doctor because I, I mean, I, I'm a big John Pertwee fan, you know, just, just because that's who I grew up with, and it's still, you know, the, the, there's much more to 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 my fondness for him. Oh, my thing has just. Oh no, there we go. Um, it, it's not just. Uh, the portrayal, you know, and the, the the quality of the series. It's the associations that I have with it because I was a child growing up at the time. Mm. Um, but Michael Moorcock, who's a, a writer I quite like, um, said, you know, he loved Patrick Troughton and he loved Tom Baker, but he hated John Pertwee because he was just this kind of authority figure who got in bed with the military and all that stuff. And I thought that's kind of a way of reading it, but I, I don't know. You know, there's always been yeah, a kind of the... sub subversive anarchic aspect to the doctor. And it, I felt it was there with the John Pertwee stuff. So better than Alan Moore, who just described yeah. Dr. Who as being like a, so, someone who d d dresses as a series of increasingly more worrying pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I read that somewhere as well. That, uh, yeah. and, Everybody post Hartnell uh, is. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, so, do you remember the first story that you saw? At, um, um, well, it, 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 yeah. I mean, I've got very early recollections of uh, the Sea Devils, um, but that might have been one of the summer repeats because they did like omnibuses. Yeah. And, I, the, and the first thing I absolutely remember, just clearly all the way through, is the demons. Um, but my, my dad's says I as when I was a toddler I used to run through every time when Patrick Troughton era I used to run through when I heard the theme music but I, I have no recollection of that at all well what what was your first um the happiness patrol which is I, I've become <laughs> I, 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 recently and when I say recently I mean this year I've become uh, a lot fonder of the Sylvester McCoy stuff than I've ever been um I, you know, I'm a massive massive fan of ghost light which yeah. I, I was just think is is a superb thing, and I you know move from that to just watching the rest of his stuff and I go actually I, I've been a little bit unfair to Silv. I think you know his certainly that last season is is pretty powerful. I think I think yes, seasons twenty five and twenty six uh, among my favourites because it was my era I started watching it. Mm. Um, I think I missed Remembrance of the Daleks on broadcast. Yeah, but I think it was probably people at school because I was eight or nine talking about it that made me tune in. To watch the Happiness Patrol, yeah, um, and yeah, I just loved it right from the start. Yeah. I mean, I imagine a lot of the subtext was uh, was over my head, yeah, uh, at that point. The, uh, isn't that the, interesting? You know, yeah. it, it just goes to show. You know, I think if you have that predisposition, 
you know, to like Doctor Who, you will just like it when it's time for yeah. you to like it. You know, as someone said, you know, the best Doctor Who is the one that was the Doctor when you were eight. And I, yeah. you know, I've, I've seen nothing to contradict that. Um, yeah. But the, the curse of Fenric, I just kind of just stayed in my memory. And uh, once I kind of got them on video to begin with VHS, things like that, yeah. always remained a favourite. Yeah. I think it's a terrific story. Yeah. Oh, here comes uh, Unit. Up to unit store, beautiful office. Yeah, some nice foreshadowing as well for the. Because uh... I didn't know whether this. Um... Oh yeah. This little bit here was going to be throwaway. That is, that is um, creepy. Yeah. Like you get sometimes, you know, it's uh, something come back. But I think the fact that the mm. the same villains have been in the last two Christmas specials yeah. seems like it's going to be a big uh, a big point for. Uh... Yeah. Looks and like, you, you, you'd never like, notice that scar if somebody didn't previously have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe people are just polite. Don't, 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 don't mention it. Did uh, you cut yourself shaving this morning? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is lovely. What a lovely resolution. Yeah. I, li- I like it when a Christmas episode ends with everybody sitting around a table. Although yeah. there's no Christmas dinner and this just has not been a Christmassy episode, has it? No, other than the, the opening. The very beginning, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the... That was the, the the one nod to it. This twenty four years bit, I didn't because they, they mentioned it earlier on. Yeah, you, do, it, you, you wanted to say to him, you do know you can travel in time, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah, seemed I, like they were setting it up for something to do with the the, the gemstone that he swallowed. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't quite understand yeah. what what they were driving at there either. I think watching the husbands of River Song before it would be a benefit because you'd probably pick up on that the 24 years yeah. and yeah. Um, the, the the split-headed uh, aliens. But I don't think they did a repeat, even on like BBC no, Three. No, no, I, I watched it. I got I got the Blu-ray um, and watched it at uh, some point in December. Um, I know it's good. It's, it's good. It's got it's got a lot to like in it. I'm not a, I'm not a huge Greg Davis fan, sadly. So that whole kind of yeah. stuff just didn't didn't sit entirely well with me. Also, I'm not mad keen on beheading. This is me just yeah. being just a ridiculously oversensitive, politically correct, but it's like it's not that funny <laughs> chopping people's heads off. <laughs> and also, that guy that was that's with River, you know, when at the beginning, he just he seems to get like a mm. really rough deal. I, yeah. I, I, well. I think I think last last Christmas has oh, been my favourite of the Capaldi. I, I watched that Christmas again. That that, hang, that hangs together so well. It's, it's yeah. so good, and I'm still quite cross we haven't had Shona back because she's, she's yeah. terrific. Yeah, she's uh, she's been a popular uh, she'd have been a popular companion, I think. Yeah. So and he took the. Uh, Mr. Took the squeaky toy with him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Put him in a cupboard with chameleon and handles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just <laughs> no. Did Chameleon get destroyed? I'm so vague on what happened to Chameleon. Apart I think from, so, but yeah. Now that I've got Planet of Fire, I'll um, I'll get to it on my my rewatch. Oh, and, uh, way to do I it. imagine it must have been destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is my ideal Doctor Who story. Would be the three Nissas. Uh, yeah. where you get Nissa, the Cranley woman from Black Orchid and Chameleon doing Nissa yeah. <laughs> I say we're doing Nissa, sorry you know, I mean impersonating Nissa and here we go Yeah, coming soon Yeah. so we're presuming springtime they said this is yeah, going very uh, I fast so. I haven't freeze framed any of this I wonder if they're making about three episodes look 
Yeah, well, um, again, with you not being on Twitter, there is a certain freeze frame oh. where you see... Um, is it the Very Rani? Funny. Is it the Rani? Just say, Bill's the Rani. Just say that. It's, and then, <laughs> then it'll be like I'm on Twitter. She's, she's almost certainly the Rani. <laughs> um, there is uh, the, the guy who just saw an explosion and, and a figure hit the wall and then slide down. Yeah. On a freeze frame, it is clearly a, a returning alien from the Tom Baker era. Really? Goodness yeah. Me. So. I'll leave it to you to whether you. Yeah, no, I, to, I won't uh, investigate. And yet another. I, I mean, I dare say I'll be back on Twitter in like the next eighteen hours or something. I don't have a terrific record of staying <laughs> on social media for very long. Uh, but no, that was another part of the reason. I, I just I find the speculation can get a little bit febrile. Right, yes. well, my my mine has finished now. Has yours finished? That's it. The that was, rolling. That was excellent. That that was just very enjoyable to sit through with you. It's 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 a good story. Yeah. So enjoyable yes yeah, so what what do we take from that then just that uh, it was good that's <laughs> later I'll review of it it was good i give it 19 thumbs up uh i think it's uh it's 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 good to have doctor who back it's yeah it was, that was a series lot. 10 quite nicely yeah um it seems like the uh the, the, the show are going to be uh featuring it and it looks like Unit are probably going to be back, I guess, with uh, with Unit being infiltrated. So we'll probably see. Uh, cool. So I, yeah, uh, does um, are we getting thirteen episodes for series? I think 10? it's twelve. Twelve, and then the Christmas episode. I'm assuming there will be one next year. Is that yeah, Stephen Moffat's Grand Hurrah, or is that's, that? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe Grand that's Hurrah. Good. That's a bit like a last hurrah and a grand farewell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I, I said in an interview that you probably won't continue to contribute, which is a shame, I think, as well. Uh, Been nice. Um, yeah, nice I wonder, to see I, he, after a couple of years away, if he came back with something. But. Yeah, well, I wonder what he'll do because I mean, I, I found Stephen Moffat's stuff entirely interesting. I, I never saw any of Press Gang. Or the I, I totally grew up with that. Yeah, oh, like, right. I used to love. Love press gang, yeah. yeah. I, I'm no, not never seen a second of it. Didn't see the teachers thing that he did. Um, chalk- yeah, I watched that. I think it only went for one series, didn't it? Yeah, but um, adored coupling. And I, I thought yeah. his, um, his his Jekyll. Have, have you seen Jekyll? I watched the first episode and it's tremendous. Also, and it yeah. has like the future roster of all the people that would go on to be in C- C- series five of Doctor Who. He's got um, right. Oh, Fenella Woolgar is in it. You know, Ag- Agatha uh, had yeah. a massive crush on Fenella Woolgar for a while. Uh, probably still do, in fact. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's great. I, I highly recommend Stephen Moffat's Jekyll. I think it, it, look, you look at it and it's very much a sort of Doctor Who audition kind of yeah. thing. You know, it's like, look, I can do big budget fantasy stuff. Yeah, and I guess that was maybe the first one that he sure ran as well, maybe. So yeah. I suppose that's the other... Uh... Yeah. But he will be going on and doing something, that is my point, and it will, whatever it is, be quite interesting to have a look at. Although, yeah, oh, his, his Hollywood career um, was put on hold to take over Doctor Who, wasn't it? Because he wrote the first Tintin, Tintin yeah. and it was a three. Although the sequels never never materialised, I think it was going to be a three movie. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. It's... um. I enjoyed it. I, I've got a like a 3D Blu-ray player. I, I never saw it at the cinema, but I've watched it a couple of times in 3D, in the comfort of my own home, and it's very good. It's, you know, it is one of the, the. There are very few films that kind of make a 
proper plausible argument for being filmed in 3D. Yeah. Uh, Tron, Tron Legacy, interesting, is, interestingly, is one of them. Uh, but Tintin is another one. It, you know, yeah. really uses the 3D quite quite interestingly and, and as a proper dimension, not just a gimmick, you know. It's, yeah. Um, it, it's, there was a spate of, of film that were then kind of uh, retrospectively fit with 3D, wasn't there, after yeah. um, after that... Uh, What's it called? The um... Avatar. Avatar. That's it. Yeah, that was. Uh... Whoa! I have opinions about <laughs> Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's something like Cameron five sequels on an, the way, he's, isn't it? He's such a problematic character. It's like you know, <laughs> if you've watched Terminator and and definitely Terminator Two, are just staggering films. Terminator Two is a genius yeah. film. Aliens is a brilliant film, and then you watch something like. Uh, true lies and go what and then you know it's like just why would you do that and then titanic which is like half of titanic is phenomenal you know the 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 bit where the ship is breaking and it's groaning and you can feel it dying and people are falling in the sea is amazing but you have to get through like a fucking hour and a half of oh i'm having a little dance now with me fancy lady it's like goes on forever and it's just like james cameron why can you not just just settle to what you can do but i i loathed Mm. the abyss uh, not the abyss uh avatar avatar yeah yeah i just just such a tedious irritating film on every level and so offensive you know it's just like such a it's like a, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what i'm a i'm a rich old white man i'll i'll tell you about indigenous cultures and colonization <laughs> it's like yay go for it tell us about sexism once you're done with that uh, so, <laughs> so it was yeah. um i think for some reason at the time uh, i'd recently watched uh, pocahontas which i'd never seen as well and oh, yeah. it is so close <laughs> to I the bet, I bet uh, Pocahontas is the it? plot points of Pocahontas. Yeah, uh, that yeah, it just feels like a sci-fi kind of uh, take on it. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, they should they should have put some songs in Avatar. That would have made it longer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you won't be uh, you won't be going to see the is it four or five sequels? That are <sighs> I'll be dead by then. Slowly, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> be relieved of all responsibility for going to see them. I wouldn't have thought so. No, I would imagine there's other <laughs> stuff I'll do before I go and do that. Maybe it seems all, like a long time it, to leave it as well. Yeah, maybe if they stop making new films and all the old films get mysteriously deleted <laughs> in a film accident, then I might, I might. But I think it would take something like that. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, I think... Are we coming to a triumphant stop? We could we could wrap it up. I think that's uh, we're just... just an hour and 47 minutes <laughs> yeah so i'm just taking an hour and 47 here so it sounds like we've recorded the same thing that's nice uh, if, if this yeah. is recorded it's uh yeah well you shall uh, i shall find out brilliant cool well thank you very much for your time it was an absolute pleasure thank you very much for asking me much appreciated and uh uh, I don't know how to finish it. Um, it's impossible, can't be done. It's, it's just a, it's, that's why you just have to keep talking forever yeah. to avoid the embarrassment of having to say, right, we're finished. There's um, Charlie Brooker has, has neatly sidestepped this problem by just going, go away at the end yeah. of his white things. He, he used to do a thing on uh, Radio 4 called So Bad It's Good, like a little half-hour panel show, which was quite funny. Uh, but at the end of it, he just used to go, end of the show, end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of the show. Uh, Frank's going to do something similar uh, 
on, on his podcast. He says something. He says, uh, if, the, if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we're back next week. Now get out. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thanks everyone Should've... for listening, if they did indeed listen. Yes, thank you very much. And uh, if, if the pilot's a success and, and I get picked up for a series, then... Uh, Obviously, you'll, in... you'll need to recast me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> best, best of luck with it. Awesome. Cool. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, happy new year, everybody. Hey, bye. Turning down, I'm turning in, I'm turning right, I'm turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese.